Hi everyone, this is Dr. Jarvik, and this podcast is going to go over systemic lupus erythematosus, or SLE. <clears throat> so there are really two main types of lupus. Um, one is discoid lupus, where really just the skin is involved. <clears throat> um, but then there's the other type um, where the whole body is involved, and that's the systemic lupus erythematosus, which is what most uh, people who have. It is an autoimmune disease that is chronic and progressive inflammation of the connective tissue, and uh, it usually involves the major bodily organs, which of course includes the skin. So somebody who has systemic lupus erythematosus may have the skin and other body organs, versus somebody with discoid is just going to have the skin lesions. So it can invade the organs, um, causing damage and destruction, or it can actually cause vasculitis. And so with vasculitis, we have vessel inflammation, which leads to decreased blood and oxygenated blood getting to the organs and then causing problems with them there. So this happens more frequently in women. It can be uh, found as early as the teens, but it's more often found in the 20s to 40s. And it's often characterized by what we call exacerbations and remissions. And so exacerbations are also known as those flare-ups. They'll have periods of time where they're feeling and looking healthy, and then periods of the flare-ups where it could even lead to hospitalization. So some of the signs and symptoms of uh, lupus Um, is a skin. So they can get this inflamed red rash, and it's called the butterfly rash. Uh, Your textbook has a really nice picture of it, and it just goes onto the cheeks over the nose and onto the other cheek. Um, It can involve the kidneys, causing kidney failure, pericarditis, which is uh, the lining around the heart, and they can get inflamed. Uh, Pleural effusions and pneumonia can be some of the lung involvements. And although not as common, there can be neurological involvement where they get confusion, big uh, CNS issues. GI issues can include abdominal pain, um, either ulcers or esophagitis or GERD. And then there can be inflammation of the muscles and joints. And when they get uh, multiple joints and all that involved, it's called polyarthritis. <clears throat> now, some of the other symptoms that we'll see um, are fever. Um, fatigue, anorexia, weight loss, generalized weakness. Um, Remember that a fever with lupus is is kind of one of those hallmark signs that tells somebody that they're having a flare. Now that the fever, anorexia, weight loss, and generalized weakness, um, these are things that we frequently see when the immune system is not functioning well. And again, I've mentioned this is autoimmune, chronic and progressive. So you can imagine somebody who's having chronic and progressive issues that that can cause some psychosocial issues, Um, stress, anxiety, depression. It is lifelong. And of course, those um, issues can then cause it to actually have a flare too. So really providing for their mental health is going to be important. Now, diagnosing uh, lupus we're going to be looking for those signs and symptoms and getting that good history. But some blood tests that we can do is that ESR, C-reactive protein that we've talked about. And then there's a, another one called an anti-nuclear antibody. And, and what this test will do is it will um, show us 
if the body has started producing some antibodies. And that helps to confirm that autoimmune um, reaction that's going on in the patient. So some of the treatments, um, <clears throat> a common classification of medications for lupus is anti-malarials. And I know this sounds really weird, but these medications work by modulating the immune system. And um, it's not quite as strong as what we would consider an actual immune immunosuppressant. It doesn't completely knock it out. So there aren't as high of a risk for infections with these medications compared to the ones that are actually immunosuppressants. Um, these uh, anti-malarials have demonstrated improved um, muscle and joint pain, uh, skin rashes and pericarditis and pleuritis, um, fatigue and fever. Um, they've improved all of those symptoms for many of these patients. It can also help prevent lupus from spreading to the kidney and CNS. And it's been shown to reduce exacerbations by up to as much as 50%, which is huge for these clients. Um, it's going to help prolong their life and improve their quality of life. And so two examples of this medication are hydrochloroquine and chloroquine. <clears throat> and so the big thing with um, the hydrochloroquine and, and these antimalarials is that um, Prior to starting the medication, they need to have eye exams and then every six months afterwards because there can be some damage to the eyes. It can cause um, damage to the retina. And if they do determine that they have a retinopathy, then they're going to have to come off that medication. <clears throat> the other thing to think about with teaching these medications is let the patients know that it's, it's going to take time for this medication to start working. So it's not going to automatically um, stop their symptoms. So we want to teach them to give it the time uh, for it to work. <clears throat> now, other things that we're going to, um, hydrochloroquine also helps to protect against um, UV light. And UV light sun exposure is um, one of the things that causes that skin flare-ups. And so not only can they take the hydrochloroquine um, to help with that, but we're also going to need to teach them <clears throat> to do other things for their skin issues. So they're going to need to wear an SPF um, sunscreen of 30 or higher, um, long sleeves or pants, so some clothes that are going to help to protect their skin from getting that UV. Um, Wide-brimmed hats are going to be important. <coughs> so those are some of those things to help with um, that UV protection. Now, um, they may actually, some patients may not respond enough to the antimalarials and they need, may need um, medications if they're having more systemic issues. Um, and so they may take immunosuppressants. And um, one of the medications for this is Belimumab, and that's B-E-L-I-M-U-M-A-B. And so I don't know if you've started noticing that the immunosuppressants can end in that MAB, M-A-B. And so that may help you identify those medications a little bit better. And this medication is called a biologic or a biologic response modifier. And so that's just that subcategory of an immunosuppressant. Uh, with this, um, when we're, we're teaching patients about immunosuppressants, and we've kind of talked about this before, focus on what we need to teach the patient. 
How are they going to identify if they have an infection? How are they going to help avoid getting that infection? And so um, with these medication, we're gonna really teach them to avoid crowds, stay away from sick people, Again, report those infection, um, that cough, that sore throat, fever. Again, we're looking at a fever of 100 degrees Fahrenheit. And <clears throat> these patients should not get any live vaccines 30 days before the treatment. So knowing which vaccines are your live vaccines is going to be very important for this concept. Um, so a flu vaccine is safe. It's not live unless they're getting it intranasally, right? <clears throat> the actual IM injection would be safe, but they can't get varicella. They can't get um, rubella. And there's one other one I'm not thinking of right off the top of my head. Now, another um, medication that they can use for a flare-up would be steroids. And I've talked about steroids ad nauseum now. Um, there's a lot of dangers of taking steroids for long periods of time. <clears throat> there's a lot of symptoms that go with steroids, um, the weight gain, the striae that comes with that, the moon face. Um, they can also develop insulin resistance and potentially um, get diabetes. They uh, have that hyperglycemia with that. It um, suppresses the immune system, so they're going to be at risk for the infections. And if they're on it long term, they can get that osteoporosis. And it can also cause emotional lability, meaning that one minute they're <clears throat> crying and the next minute they could be laughing or angry or all kinds of different emotions. And those mood swings can happen quickly. Another medication that patients could take are NSAIDs, uh, especially during a flare to help with that inflammation. And <clears throat> pardon me, that may help with some of that um, joint pain and muscle pain. Other medications, um, think if we have a, a CNS involvement, they may actually need to be on an anti-epileptic, so um, a medication to help prevent seizures. Um, of course, these patients are going to be on medications that put them at risk for infection, so at times they may need to be on antibiotics. And if they end up with heart involvement, they may need to be on antihypertensives or statins to help lower their lipids. Um, <clears throat> Joints, um, they can end up with some osteoporosis. And, and another reason they can end up with osteoporosis is if their kidneys are involved, the kidneys play a role in vitamin D. And if they have issues with that, they have that um, of, of not being able to use vitamin D appropriately, <coughs> they have an increased risk for osteoporosis. So many of these patients may end up needing to be on vitamin D supplement to help prevent that osteoporosis. Now, some other non-pharmacological interventions um, for these patients, especially for their skin, is that um, they're going to need to use mild soaps. So ivory is always a really good one. Um, they should pat the skin dry instead of rubbing it, and they should apply lotion liberally to, to any dry skin. <clears throat> really avoid any powder and you know, drying agents like rubbing alcohol. Some of those um, skin cleansers really dry out the skin. Um, using cosmetics that contain moisturizers as well as um, SPF protection would be good. And of course, if we don't want them to be in the in um, the sun, we're certainly not going to want them to tan in a can, right? So no tanning beds. And then they should really just, you know, be watching and assessing that skin, um, making sure that they don't have any open areas or rashes. 
All right. So I think that sums up um, lupus um, pretty well. And I hope this was helpful. Thanks.